Warning. The following episode contains descriptions of sexual situations and abuse, which some listeners may find disturbing. Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. Hello again, Hushlings. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And as always, we're joined by our associate, Slick Frog Sanders. What's up, guys? How you doing? Last debriefings, we did a double shot of the JFK assassination. So this debriefing, we're going to get into the Jeffrey Epstein suicide. This is going to be part one of a two-part episode. But before we get all roped up into that, make sure to check us out on all our social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find us on all streaming platforms. And we have a brand new YouTube channel. Make sure you find us on there and hit that subscribe button. In case you haven't heard of Jeffrey Epstein, he's a pretty wealthy financer from New York City. He had his own financial institute. He worked with a lot of wealthy people, owned a whole bunch of properties. And he was into some really sleazy shit, putting it lightly. Jeffrey Epstein was born on January 20th, 1953 in Brooklyn, New York. Not much about his early life, so let's just jump right into his fake schooling. He went to school at the current Institute of Mathematical Sciences at the New York University and didn't finish. He faked a diploma, actually. So he begins teaching math classes and physics at the Dalton School in Manhattan's Upper East Side. That kind of lets you know that he was not stupid by any means. He was well-spoken, he was very smart, and he had charm out the ass. He (laughs) he didn't have any business being at the Dalton School. He didn't have the credentials you need for that sort of gig. No, he talked his way into into that position. How do you talk your way into a job that you have zero credentials for, zero experience with? You just say, hey, yeah, I could do that. Imagine the ego that you have to have to say, yeah, I can teach these high school kids physics. No problem. Well, I mean, if you're that smart, he was also a narcissist. And he's only 21 years old at the time. Big ol' ego, two decades on the planet. He met Alan Greenberg, who is the chief executive officer of Bear Stearns. And only a couple years after he started working at this Dalton school, he left there and rose through the ranks of Bear Stearns, first as a trader and then to a limited partner, and then basically just controlling the money and again, talked his way up. And that's insane in in itself, considering that he took his position at the Dalton school and snowballed it, going from maybe a guy that made $100,000 a year or something, I don't know what what a, what a teacher makes in, in a private school, but in a high-end private school. But to roll that into a multi-million dollar career is, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. He doesn't stop there either. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking like, what is he, a 23-year-old at the time? Millionaire. And you don't even know who he is. Never heard of him. That's still in the late 70s. And in the early 80s, he founded his own company called the Intercontinental Assets Group. He worked with a guy named Steven Hoffenberg and developed a strategy of corporate rating to take over vulnerable corporations. Again, sleazebag. It's crazy that later later on, there was SEC charges against them for $475 million in fraud. And it was one of the largest Ponzi schemes in history. Yeah, but he managed to finagle his way out of that one before he uh, took the fall for it. 
Yeah. And then in the 90s, he founds another company, another financial management firm, Lex Wessner, the CEO of Victoria's Secret as a client. That was his only client too. Was it really? Which was kind of odd in itself. Yeah. For for that management company, it was his only client. So Lex Wexner becomes his most profitable and only client of his company. That's very suspect. Yeah. And Les Wexner was also the chairman of Elbrand. And Elbrands was kind of an umbrella corporation. Under them, they had other businesses like Bath and Body Works, Victoria's Secret, Pink. At the time, they were doing Abercrombie and Fitch. So this is a large, large corporation, and Les Wexner is the head of it. Epstein going and having him as his sole client, it's wild that he goes on to make hundreds of millions of dollars by just managing Les Wexner. Which it's weird too, because him being his only client brings you into one of the earliest known victims that gets involved with Jeffrey Epstein and Les Wexner. It happens on Les Wexner's guest property in Ohio. Years later, Les Wexner, after everything that happened with Epstein and him getting arrested and whatever happens down the road with him, he goes on to say, oh, I had no idea what he was doing. I had no idea this is the type of person that he was. But then in business meetings, he'll say, you know, I feel like he took advantage of me. He took advantage of my company. He obviously took a bunch of money because he could. Les even said, I lost a ton of money by having him as my management, but I saw him as my friend and didn't know what he was. But there's also these people that have spoken out about how Epstein was kind of a hound dog going through the offices of Elbrand. He had some complaints from some women within those offices about him. So even the the little whispers here and there early on in his career are evident. You got to think about the fact that he was at the Dalton School. So the Dalton School is a high school. And knowing what we know now about him... It's the age group. Was that the beginning of building a predator? Like, was that laying the groundwork? Just the perfect storm? Yeah, was that laying the groundworks for him? Could have been. I wouldn't say it's far off the mark. I could definitely see that being what happened exactly. Even the headmaster at Dalton School knew Epstein wasn't qualified for the job. He quoted him as having a, a poor performance, and he stated that he's concerned that if he were to have let him go earlier, he might have been able to stop the kind of monster that he, he turned out to be. I did read about, about that same, the principal, his statement, he, he said something about he could have prevented a predator from happening. But who's to say that even if he didn't work at the Dalton School, that he wouldn't have moved on to a place where he got a bunch of money, which ultimately gave him all his power. Or it could have went the other way where Epstein goes and gets found out that he's a fraud at the Dalton School. He gets fired and then he goes on to become a janitor or something. If only that was the universe that we were in. Yeah, and it I'm sure he would have had the same predilection toward younger girls, but he wouldn't have had the reach that he had, and he wouldn't have had the wealth that he had to keep up the game. So, hmm, yeah. you know, another timeline, another world. Exactly. There's another thing that's kind of suspicious with the Wexner part is that since he was letting Epstein use his guest home for people because of the accounts of this one girl that's actually sisters it turns out to but this one girl maria farmer who is an artist at an art show and ends up selling her art epstein ends up meeting her and offers her more space in wexner's guest home in ohio in may of 96 she traveled to that property and she had made a claim saying that she was pretty disturbed right when she got there because 
there was armed security and she was required to phone Wexner's wife, Abigail Wexner, for permission to even leave the home or the property. So that's a little weird. That's more than a little weird. Like, why do you need permission to leave? Hmm. Yeah. Maria was just out of art school. So she was selling her art at this gallery, like you said, and she was ready to sell it to someone else. Someone else was like ready to buy the piece of artwork. Her old teacher comes up and she goes, no, you're not going to sell this piece to them. You're going to sell it to this guy. And this guy turned out to be Epstein because he was so enthralled by the piece of artwork. And Ghislaine Maxwell was with him. Yeah, so they, they're a couple at this said art show, and she's basically sold the pieces of art. That's how she meets them and offers her the space. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure they weren't necessarily terribly enthusiastic about the art. I feel like they were already targeting Maria at this point. They saw an opportunity and they went for it. Probably, yeah. I'm not sure what the art pieces were. Was it? A, I, I believe it was a picture Dude. of her younger sister this okay so the artwork you can see it if you google it or if you watch any of the many many documentaries about epstein maria farmer was a great painter but she painted all these very odd kind of prepubescent or pubescent sexualized pictures and the one that epstein ends up buying from her is very creepy it's of this young girl and she's like scantily clad laying on this chaise lounge or something in this room there's this obviously older gentleman with his back to the door just standing there looking at her wearing nothing but underwear tidy whities or something <laughs> <laughs> That's the piece of art that he ends up buying from her. And it was like a lot of money too. Like he gave her like more than her asking price. He, he was he was all about it. He was locking that in. But yeah, the piece of artwork that he ends up buying from her is super disturbing. Yeah, that's that's pretty significantly disturbing. That's kind of gross. Yeah, it it's pretty gross. Yeah, how how reminiscent of it it is of Epstein himself. I don't know. That's just a weird coincidence, I guess. Well, what makes it crazier about this Maria Farmer is that her sister gets involved because he asks her, do you have any siblings? And she says she has a younger sister. And I believe he obtains a picture of her or something. Her name is Annie Farmer. And she was invited to go to his Zorro Ranch property in New Mexico as well in 1996. I'm not sure if she had the same exact experience, but she had claimed that she was assaulted and groped by Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. There were accounts by both sisters that there were passes made on them, but more so with Annie. Annie said that she went out to the ranch because Epstein was giving money to college or something and Annie needed the money. She got to the ranch and pretty much almost right away, they started to assault her and afterwards she ends up barricading herself in her room for the rest of the time that she's there. I believe he came in one morning too and snuggled with her or some shit. It's mad creepy. Ugh. Yeah, dude. I don't blame like, her for fucking barricading herself. How do you not try to escape in that situation? Like, how don't you break a window and try to run away? I mean, she she left, right? After they had left, she had beelined out of there and found her way back home. I, I'm not, I don't know where they were actually from, but clearly it wasn't the Zora Ranch, New Mexico, or Ohio. The thing that strikes me odd is that Maria Farmer, she's the older of the sisters, and she ends up getting herself put into that situation where Ghislaine and Jeffrey Epstein make passes at her and eventually end up assaulting her. My question is, you were just assaulted by this couple and then all of a sudden he comes and he says, hey, 
do you have a sister? And you not only accommodate him, but you set that meeting up and give your sister information on how to connect with Epstein. I'm not sure what the connection was of how her sister... Yeah, it was a promise of some sort of fundage to go to college, like a scholarship that he was setting up that he was, it was under false pretense that he was giving money away to multiple different college bound students. And when she was going to go to New Mexico, she was under the impression that she was going to go there and there was going to be multiple other students staying there. And it was going to be kind yeah. of like a conference or kind of a, a weekend getaway. Like a retreat. For, yeah, like a retreat for these kids kids and Epstein would give them money because was supposed to be this this great guy or whatever <laughs> but yeah it's just so odd because she was put in that situation and then all of a sudden she goes and puts her own sister into that situation also it's just very very uh, yeah it, it strikes me very bizarre odd. Yeah. They must have been from New York or something because one of the farmer sisters apparently on the 26th of August in 96 called the New York City Police Department and the FBI and reported it. And the authorities actually didn't even take any action about the assault. I don't know if it's because they didn't happen in New York jurisdiction or they just swept it under the rug, but they made a report about property theft of farmers artwork by Maxwell and Epstein. So I guess she had claimed that he had stolen artwork from them or they had stolen artwork from her. But other than that, nothing really happened with those two sisters for 1996. Yeah. And ultimately in 2019, a lawsuit that went, the major lawsuits that went against Epstein, the younger sister, Annie, had stated that she was groped, harassed, and he had crawled into bed with her at the Zora Ranch and that Maxwell had given her inappropriate topless massages and... I still find it it's fucked up that nothing happened with them contacting the, th the authorities because even if it was out of the New York City Police Department's jurisdiction, like, the FBI kind of has free range over the country. Like, they, they can investigate anything that goes on anywhere in the country, right? Maybe they yeah. just needed more dirt on the guy. I don't. They could have passed it up easily. Well, we keep mentioning Ghislaine Maxwell. Now, if you don't know who Ghislaine Maxwell is, she has purportedly been the main co-conspirator with Jeffrey Epstein. Now, a little background on her. She was born in 1961. She was a British socialite. Now, the interesting thing about her is that her father was a publishing tycoon. His name was Robert Maxwell. Robert Maxwell is said to be an ex-Mossad agent. Now, if you're not familiar with, with what a Mossad agent is, Mossad agent is kind of an Israeli intelligence officer. And he had dealings all over the world, and her father was a scumbag spy. <laughs> he was all over the place. He worked in media. He worked for the Czechoslovakian parliament. He was a suspected spy. He was a fraud. Very similar. Rose from nothing and got everything. But did it the scummiest way. There's even talks that Robert Maxwell could have been involved with child trafficking in his time of being a Mossad agent. So Ghislaine goes on to meet Epstein in the early 90s. She met him at a party and she has this romantic relationship with him that obviously turns into this ridiculous thing. It's weird because she's referred to by household employees and some of his properties as his main girlfriend 
And I think I think Epstein refers her to as his main girlfriend and some of the employees of the household that she's the head lady. She's running the books and moving the cogs. Yeah, she's like a glorified secretary. A glorified secretary that gets hers too, huh? Yeah. (laughs) The early 2000s was an interesting time for the Epstein case, to say the least. A lot was going on. A 14-year-old girl becomes the earliest underage victim to accuse Epstein of molestation. Uh, She cited an incident that happened at his Palm Beach property. That's where a lot, a lot, a lot of this stuff was going on. He had a lot of underaged girls coming in and out of this mansion. To give a little background on the Palm Beach area, when you think of Palm Beach, I usually think of West Palm Beach, and I thought West Palm Beach was kind of rich, uppity, but apparently Palm Beach is rich and uppity, and West Palm Beach is a little more middle class to lower class. So he had this big mansion in Palm Beach, almost on like a millionaire's row type of road, where nobody paid attention to the comings and goings of some millionaire there. This anonymous 14-year-old girl was brought to Epstein's mansion by her high school friend to give Epstein a massage in exchange for money. Generally across the board, I want to say it was what, like $200 per quote-unquote massage? I'm sure it fluctuated, but... Yeah, I think it was $200 because there is another victim in that same time in 2002 where a couple years prior to him actually getting a complaint to where there was another 14-year-old girl who came forward named Shauna Rivera who quoted saying... My friend told me we're just going to give this guy a massage, but we have to undress completely. And after the massage, he gave her $200. And apparently she continued to do this for like three to four years. It The same story. Anonymous girl's mom sees she has money and is like, hey, what's up? Where, where did you get this from? You don't have a job. Why do you have $200 laying around? And the girl tells her about the massage and Epstein and the girl's stepmother or mother goes to the police and that's where this first accusation kind of takes place. It's kind of wild, too, that him and Ghislaine kind of set up this network of young high school girls, and it was almost a pyramid scheme of, of sorts. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Where he had one girl, she would go and tell 10 of her friends, and then those 10 friends would tell 10 more, you know, so on and so forth. And you just had all these girls from poor backgrounds from really messed up family backgrounds their lives weren't that great they had a lot of shit going on and they were targeted especially so two hundred dollars for a 14 year old girl or a 15 or 16 year old girl that has abusive parents or lives in a rundown neighborhood or any number of things is homeless that's a lot of money to them well think about this what was your first paycheck at 15, 16 years old. You know? Yeah, exactly. Mine was like 77 yeah, bucks. I thought it was bucks. so much money. Yeah, so $200, you're a millionaire at that point as a teenager. Yeah, so look at the psychological part of this. Sure, there is the financial compensation, which lures them in, but what he was really targeting was these fragile psychologically fragile children and putting them in these positions where they couldn't say no. How could you say no at that point? $200 for a massage, but then all of a sudden he just starts masturbating himself off in front of you and then makes you do it and then decides to touch you. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. And it escalated. It always escalated the same too. 
Yeah, and whether Ghislaine was involved directly in the same room or it was just him, it was the same old story every time for how many people he did the same thing to. And it's just money, money and power, bro. Yeah, and they were saying some insane amount. He had three to four different girls a day that he would do this to. A day. Three to four a day. I mean, that is... That's, That's insane, first of all. This dude was in his 50s. How are you doing this? That's got to be terrifying for those girls, dude. Oh, oh. That's got to yeah, be terrifying. I mean, paralyzing. You know, like, it, it escalates like that, and they don't know what the fuck to do, you know? Run, and then what? It's like some shit out of a horror movie. Well, I mean, when you're out of your element in a place like Palm Beach, that's just the one spot. But, I mean, if you put somebody out in the middle of New Mexico, I mean, where are you going to go? Or his island, Little St. James, where are you going to go? He's a man of power, and where are you going to go, and what are you going to say? Who's going to believe you? It's a man with a ton of money, a ton of power, in his 50s, and you're just a teenager. It's fucked up. To say the least, yeah. So that girl's testimony to him having something happen was in March of 2005. Months later, at the end of October, the investigators execute a search warrant on Epstein's Palm Beach home, and it brings forward several other teenage victims, along with the crazy, weird artwork. And the surveillance, they, they found like pinhole cameras, and they found all the computers trashed, hard drives ripped out. Just wires, yeah, like, so who tipped this guy off? After them investigating his Palm Beach home and finding other victims and a bunch of gross artwork and cameras and interviewing employees that have seen girls come and go on top of the complaints that have happened previously where somebody had seen women come and go, that was previously investigated, but briefly, they just did kind of a drive-by. A year later, in 2006, Epstein is charged with multiple counts of unlawful sex acts to a minor. State attorney Barry Kreischer refers the case to a grand jury. The grand jury hears from one of the accusers and returns an indictment on one count of solicitation of prostitution. How many people this guy affected, and you only get one count? This whole investigation into him very first real investigation into him, and I use that term loosely, is the first real showing that Epstein has powerful friends. And if he doesn't have powerful friends, he's got a lot of fucking money to pay those powerful people off. So when the Palm Beach police come in to the state's attorney's office, Barry Kreischer, and they say, hey, we got this guy, he's rich, we got multiple accounts of him pulling these girls into his house, doing these things. These are the ages of the girls. To so give him the full rundown, this guy's like, oh yeah, he's he's gone. We'll put him away for life. The investigation gets underway, and all of a sudden, Barry Kreischer kind of backs down and doesn't go full throttle towards Epstein and gets him off with this prostitution charge. In that moment, you got to think to yourself... This guy, before he knew who Epstein was, he only knew what he had done up to this point. He only had the bare facts. He says, yeah, we're going to get this guy. Then all of a sudden, he turns around and he's like, nah, not a big deal. He's just a guy that paid some girls for sex and he didn't know that they were underage. He asked, supposedly. Yeah, supposedly he asked how old they were and they, yeah. It, it's insane. It's insane. It's not far-fetched to imagine that Barry Kreischer either got paid off or was involved in this in some way or something of the sort that takes that man from going, 
I'm going to nail this dude to, eh, you know, slap on the wrist, pay this fee, and you're good. Yeah, that's a pretty major change of tone towards the whole investigation. I mean, pretty quick. I mean, these investigations take a while. That was within a year. They gave him that one count of solicitation of prostitution. And then after that, shortly after that, the FBI opens a federal investigation on him. And because of the other multiple accusers, some in Florida, others in New York, others in New Mexico, elsewhere in the United States, uh, that boils into another thing that happened the following summer. He begins to negotiate legal terms with a plea deal with Alexander Acosta. What happens pretty much a year later with Alexander Acosta, similar situation after a year of investigating and going back between both the sides, Epstein finally appears in a Florida courtroom and pleads guilty to that one count of solicitation of prostitution and one count of procuring a minor under the age of 18. He's given a sentence of 18 months in jail, plus a year of community service, and he has to register as a sex offender. Also in 2008, there's the financial crisis, and his Bear Stearns company that he was a part of collapses. He probably got out of that without having too much ramifications financially. Hello, I'm Rebecca Rosewood, and I'm here to help you keep your curses hexy and your hex is sexy in this snarky, true crime and paranormal podcast. If you like a little personality with your true crime, and a little scare with some flair, Thrice Cursed is the podcast for you. Thrice Cursed will be coming to you anywhere you listen to podcasts in October. Until then, you can find me on social media such as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Thrice Cursed Pod. Until then, keep it hexy. What's up, Hushlings? Mystery Mike here. And I'm here to tell you about a contest that we're currently running. It's real easy to enter. All you got to do is go to iTunes, submit a review for our show, and screenshot it, then send it on over to us. You can do this through our social medias or through our email at hushhushsociety at planetmail.com. You'll be entered to win a travel size edition of Conspiracy The Card Game. This card game explores all the conspiracies and tests your knowledge of the deep dark unknown. This contest will run until October 5th. Second and third prize winners will also be chosen and receive a Hush Hush Society sticker pack. Acosta could have put Epstein away for a very, very long time. It's later come to be known as the sweetheart deal. Alexander Acosta gives him, instead of this hard time, instead of going to federal prison, he allows him to take residence in the Palm Beach Stockade. Now, a stockade is kind of like a lax jail. And not only that, Epstein is allowed to leave the stockade for up to 12 hours a day. It's, it's 12 hours a day. You get He got a work he release? He got a work release from the stockade. Six days a week, 12 hours a day. Yeah, he would leave the stockade, go to quote-unquote work, which was approximately 60 miles away from the stockade, to his office. And later on, they say that he had violated that order (laughs) some ridiculous amount of times, like 60 times. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, and there's proof. PIs have followed him, and they have pictures of him, and they've even, like, I think on video, have confronted him. Hey, Jeffrey, what are you doing? Outside of jail dude and nothing was done about it no extension no no elongating no, the terms nothing, of his sentence nothing. 
It's fucking gross. He was actually released from jail early. They should have reopened Alcatraz for this scumbag dude. <laughs> Let him be the only person on the fucking island. <laughs> Think of how powerful of a person you have to be to now have Alexander Acosta give you this deal. Not only that, you are allowed to leave the this place that you that you have decided that you're going to spend your jail sentence at you're allowed to leave up to 12 hours a day and then you're seen on the beaches of mexico when you're supposed to be in jail and you're seen going on vacation and getting and going to paris and going to to new york and traveling and getting on planes and then just Go back to the stockade later in the day, take a nap, wake up, and do it all over again. Like, how powerful of a per- that's That's mafia shit right there. That's higher than mafia shit, dude. This guy got away with everything for too damn long. And it's the craziest thing is one major thing that happened in this sweetheart deal was that Epstein was, he wasn't able to be prosecuted and nor was his co-conspirators named or unnamed. Mm-hmm if anything were to come about in the future. That's fucking wild. And on top of it, the victims weren't told about it. That's a huge thing. And a couple of years after Epstein got his early release from jail, he never served in federal prison. In 2011, U.S. District Judge Kenneth Mara rejects the U.S. Attorney's Office argument that there was no obligation to notify the victims prior to striking on this case, that there was a non-prosecution agreement with Epstein because there were no federal charges filed against him, which I'm not, I have no idea about law at all. Now, to to fill you in, in case you're wondering what this all has to do with, federally, if there is a case against someone and victims are involved, in order for a plea deal to be offered to that person, to the prosecuted person, the United States government has to inform the victims and let them know that this is going to happen so that they have their day in court and then they can either renegotiate that or continue with the same deal. This was an opportunity that was not afforded to the victims of this case. Which was completely not fair to all those people involved. To put a number to the amount of victims in this case, there were 34 confirmed underage minors that came against Epstein in this case alone. And that's only the confirmed ones, man. Yeah, that's the people that, that actually just came out and you Regardless, know, like, it's a fucking disgusting number. I mean, one is a disgusting number. I mean, it's crazy. There was a story regarding this case when they were doing their investigation that apparently there were 12-year-old triplets, so three, Three yeah. 12-year-olds were flown in what the fuck? from France for Epstein's birthday. Oh, my God. And then they were flown back. Yes. The well, next day. Yeah. Where the fuck are the parents? Yeah, so, right? So, so keep this in mind. You have 34 confirmed for this first case. Think of how many weren't confirmed, how many people didn't come forward. And now think of the fact that Epstein flew internationally many, many times probably did it weekly even in jail yeah during his work release quote unquote it was said many times that it, there was a, a major possibility if not a hundred percent chance that he was still abusing minors during that time there were some other victims from that time frame in the mid-2000s that were outspoken in the cases that followed there was one girl named virginia roberts 
After the end of this decision is made by the district attorney, Epstein registers as a level three sex offender, which means he's high risk of repeat offense and threat to public safety. I think he's also means he's a threat to flee as well. And that's only in the state of New York. Only in the state of New York. Let's not talk about New Mexico or Florida or many of the other places that these victims hailed from. Just New York. So there's a couple other victims that have spoken out in the mid-2000s that were a part of these cases. One of the victims being Virginia Roberts, now Virginia Roberts Jeffrey. At the time, she had met Ghislaine Maxwell while working as a spa attendant at Donald Trump's private Mar-a-Lago estate at one of the clubs there while reading a book about massage therapy and she was introduced to Epstein in 2000. A couple years after that, Giuffrey was closely associated with Epstein and Maxwell traveling between Palm Beach, Manhattan, the Zora Ranch in New Mexico, Little St. James. And she was offered by Epstein to have her massage therapy schooling paid for in a trip to Thailand. And the biggest thing that she had stated is that she was sexually abused by Prince Andrew while she was underage. And there's supposedly a photograph of it. He claims that it's a doctored, photoshopped photograph. So in 2002, she took the offer, went to Thailand met her husband, who is an Australian martial arts trainer, and then they got married. And shortly after that, she called Epstein and informed him that she's not coming back from Australia. And he was pretty pissed, I'm sure. There is another girl that had come out that was a notable person. Her name was Sarah Ransome. And in, in 2006, she came to New York for fashion school and befriended N Natalia Miloshev at a club. And it was through Miloshev that she met Epstein. Now, a quick thing about Malashev is that she's accused of recruiting young women for Jeffrey Epstein through the early 2000s. Kind of interesting. This guy had, like we said previously, even with the with the high school girls, he had this tier system of recruiters, pretty much. You had Ghislaine, who was a smooth talker like him, I guess. She was on par with him, so she was his main recruiter. But he also had all these high school girls that would recruit for him. He had other adult females that would recruit for him. And these are just the ones that we know about. So imagine yeah. there might be a laundry list of other co-conspirators or other recruiters that he had under his wing. And they have immunity. Yeah, they have immunity. Exactly. Well... Under under yeah, that but, first that first case uh, under, under that first yeah they have immunity. What's really interesting about this girl too, some of her accusations. She stated that she was raped along with other girls on the trip to the little St James Island, his private island, and she ultimately tried to escape, I believe, and was actually brought back by Epstein's employees. She was apparently on the island for several months while she was being trafficked. She also filed a lawsuit against him and Ghislaine Maxwell in 2016, which they eventually reached a settlement. Sarah Ransom also goes on to say that she was abused by Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz is a famous lawyer who has represented many stars and celebrities throughout time. And Virginia Giuffray also says that she was assaulted by Dershowitz along with Prince Andrew, accusing a British royal of being in cahoots with Epstein and being abused by him. Uh, there's also a photo floating around to kind of back up Virginia Roberts' account of the whole thing of her and Prince Andrew together. And who's in the background of this picture like she is in so many other pictures? Ghislaine Maxwell. 
the grossest fucking photo bomber in humanity. <laughs> In June 2016, a lawsuit was filed in New York by a woman who, I guess he's the name, an alias, Katie Johnson, claiming that she was raped by then presidential candidate Donald Trump at a party at Epstein's Manhattan mansion in 1994 when she was only 13 years old. Trump and Epstein both denied that that happened. And ironically, obviously. yeah, yeah, obviously, ironically, Johnson backs out of a press conference just days before Donald Trump is elected, saying that she was threatened and she was fearful and she later dropped the lawsuit altogether. Yeah. <sighs> Up until this point, there have been many accounts of Epstein's quote-unquote people following around the Palm Beach police, and he had people threatening people, oh, watch your back, accidents happen, Ghislaine even was calling some of the old victims, I believe she called Virginia Roberts, saying- Said, or, don't, or, don't jog. Yeah, don't don't go jog. Yeah. yeah, don't go jogging. There's a lot of accidents happen over there. She kind of made those passive threats also to the Farmer sisters. So it's not far fetched to believe that now Katie Johnson comes forward. She's talking about the current president of the United States before he was the president, obviously, but him being involved in some sort of rape against her. So these guys are on par with each other. They're both powerful men. It's not far-fetched to think. Somebody got a hold of her and said, look, you, you drop this shit now or, you know, you, you, they won't find you. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. speaks in volumes that she just completely dropped the lawsuit and how it just kind of goes hand in hand with Maxwell's and Epstein's kind of threatening system they had going on. Uh, even more ironically after that, you have an another name that we talked about previously a couple months later after Donald Trump is inaugurated he announced Alexander Acosta as the US labor secretary what a fucking coincidence small world huh yeah so mm. yeah so you got one guy that's friends with one guy that's been accused with one guy and then one guy that gave this guy a sweetheart deal so that's a, a lot weird. of guys <laughs> that's a lot of guys there guy Alexander sweet deal acosta <laughs> Alexander sweet guy acosta oh my. <laughs> Uh, not funny. But, by the way, a little, little sidebar about Alexander Acosta. I don't know if you've seen a recent picture of that man and his family. His children <laughs> look like they have been tapped of all adrenochrome. <laughs> they are so... <laughs> It, like they've been bloodletted. Their eyes are sunken into their heads. They, yeah, they look like children of the corn. I'm sorry. I'm not usually one to go after kids. And Holy make fun shit, of them, that's but... those kids? Oh, yeah, him, wow. Him, his wife and his children look like they are the Dude, undead. I always thought that picture was Photoshop. Don't <laughs> worry, guys. We're, we're going to touch on that in part two of this for sure. Oh, they look like they were made in a fucking lab. <laughs> right. Another year goes by and a defamation suit by attorney Bradley Edwards against Epstein is settled out of court in only one day of trial. And Epstein apologizes and agrees to other confidential terms. Sketchy. More under-the-table <laughs> tomfoolery. Not much else goes down after that other than when shit really hits the fan the following year in February of 2019 when a judge rules that the then-attorney Alexander Acosta did violate the crime 
Victims Right Act by not informing Epstein victims that there was a plea deal that happened 11 years earlier. And only a couple months later, in just after July 4th, his last party, Epstein is arrested in New Jersey's Titterboro Airport by the FBI and NYPD Crimes Against Children's Task Force. And they finally charge him with sexual abuse and sexual trafficking charges and they would later deny bail. Yeah, he offered like some ridiculous amount of bail, like 10 million or something. All his money. I think he offered his entire assets. Really? It's kind of odd timing because February 2019, that happens where the judge rules about Alexander Acosta. And then in July of 2019, Alexander Acosta resigns from the Trump administration as labor secretary. Talk about fucking up, man. Like, you just made yourself, you just had all the eyes just turned over and looked at you after that move. Like, why are you resigning? You don't want to be a part of these guys anymore? Well, it had gotten to a point where he couldn't even have a press conference. He couldn't answer any questions for the public. He couldn't do any kind of appearances without at least one member of the media saying, uh, why'd you let Epstein go? This guy yeah. who abused multiple, multiple underage girls. Why'd you give him such a, a sweetheart deal there? And it's funny, too, because Alexandria Acosta later on, after Epstein is charged in 2019, said, you know, that, that uh, this is great that they that they came to this agreement. And it's like, what do you mean that this is great that you came to this agreement? You're the guy that let him off the hook. Yeah, you could have <laughs> been the one yeah. coming to that agreement 11 years prior. Yeah, and how many people were abused from 2008 to 2019 that you don't know about? Why would he even years. take that position? The whole situation was going to blow up in your face eventually. Why would you want to be on, like, the president's cabinet when it fucking happens? But did he really think that that situation was going to blow up? Probably not. Or did he think that it was brushed under the rug? Like, it wasn't ever going to come up again. They got away with it for, I mean, who knows? I mean, at least Epstein, at least 30 years. So how many other people are involved that got away with any of this for even longer periods of time? If it's been ironclad for that long and nobody speaks out and nobody's getting arrested. That's true. Since since the 80s, at least. Yeah, maybe mm. he thought he was scot-free. Yeah, you have faith in the people, you have faith in the money that these people have and the power that these people have, but you know what that faith doesn't stop? You getting found in a cell, hanging yourself. What's interesting about Epstein is after Acosta resigned, which was on the 12th of July, on the 25th of July, Epstein is supposedly found injured at the Manhattan Correctional Center, which, if you don't know, it's a very savage prison. He apparently has injuries. They don't know if they're self-inflicted because of the guards were not looking, no cameras, whatever. A couple weeks later, on August 10th, 2019, they find Epstein dead in his cell from an apparent hanging suicide or suicide by hanging in his jail cell with his bedsheet wrapped around his neck. There's multiple accounts from these guards that some were sleeping during this suicide and, and that their cameras weren't weren't functioning correctly. The whole thing about this is, one, did Jeffrey Epstein actually commit suicide? Was he murdered by an inmate? Was he murdered by a prison guard? Was he murdered by completely somebody else that had nothing to do with that prison system? It's very suspect, the things that happened with that. If you want my opinion, I think it's great. He's gone. But there's no justice. So to some of these people, all these people, he's not sitting rotting in a cell. Or is he? 
Or was he performing autoerotic asphyxiation without a spotter? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> or is Epstein alive and well? Is that a thing? You need a spotter for that sort of thing? Yeah, I think he just got too wrapped up in his own ego. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, so that's it for now on the Epstein case, but we will definitely be back next week at it again with part two of our debriefing, getting into the nitty-gritty conspiracies of the Epstein suicide. Hmm. Quote, unquote, maybe. Well, next week, we're going to go deeper into the darkness, sift through emails, more of the investigation, more of the autopsy, all the conspiracy theories that could possibly be a part of this situation. Check out them flight logs. Yeah, right? <laughs> so make sure that you join us here next week for part two of the Epstein suicide. As we have said, we will be diving in deep with that. Until then, make sure that you find us on all our social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, make sure that if you are not following us on YouTube, that you go over there, you find our new channel, and you say, hey, this is cool, and subscribe. One more thing, we are also still holding our giveaway for Conspiracy the Card Game, the Travel Edition. All you have to do to be entered to win is to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of the listening platforms, leave us a rating, screenshot that, and send it over to our email or any one of our socials. Our email is hushhushsociety at planetmail.com. And you can send anything over. Send us a message at the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour Facebook. Send it on Instagram. Send it on Twitter. You can also follow our link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Hush Hush Society. And don't forget that that YouTube is now active and you can find it at Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Until next time. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And I'm Slick Frank Sanders. And thanks for joining us on the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Big old deuces. Yeah. Don't forget to kick that chair out from underneath you. <clears throat> Protect your neck. <laughs> Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.